there's like a common theme of people being like, man, that workout, that, that's for short people. That's for tall people. That's for big people. It's just an excuse. At the end of the day, they're not changing the workout. The world is still the same. You've got to figure it out. Welcome back to Made by Mario. On today's episode, we speak with Griffin Raleigh. Griffin Raleigh won the Norwegian CrossFit Championship last year. He also competed in stage one of the CrossFit Games and had an event win on the front squat. Very, very strong individual. We talk all about his prep for this year's semifinals and basically how the season's gone considering all the changes. But first, this episode is brought to you by Victory Grips. If you're a competitive CrossFit athlete or just a dedicated fitness athlete who's tired of dealing with ripped hands, Victory Grips are your solution. Victor Pellegrino combined his background in competitive gymnastics, functional fitness, and design to create Victory Grips. You can check out all of the options and sizing instructions at victorygrips.com, so make sure you guys check that out. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Without any further ado, Griffin Robbins. Griffin Riley, how's it going, man? Like, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Really pumped to talk to you today. Haley got back from Norway last year, and she's like, dude, there's this guy who won there, and he's, like, super strong, and he has really long hair and stuff, and uh, she, she mentioned that she met you. How's everything been going since Norway of last year? <laughs> Just like everybody else, it's been a ride. Well, I got back from Norway, obviously first time going individually to the games that right. time i'd been on a team before but it's not it's just not the same yeah and then obviously we don't go anywhere so um it was an interesting time trying to figure out training how to train for it, what we're gonna do are we gonna be in person at the time you didn't know right and that was also right before everything shut down so i'm thinking all right we're still going to madison yeah training it went from up down up down up down trying to peak at the right time for the games having yeah. no idea when we we're gonna do it after that, I was so burnt out. I was, I, I need, I needed to rest. That's the first time I think in the history of any sport I've ever taken as long time off as I did. Oh, wow. how much time did you take off? Probably a month. So were you like completely out of the gym for a month or was this just like, oh, I'm mean, going to go in and like do the wad or something, you know? I, I worked out if I felt like it. Yeah. That was it. Like uh, other than that, I bought a house also in June of last year. Oh, congrats, um, man. Yeah. Thanks, dude. It was uh first, obviously first time home buyer and yeah. I bought an as is home, um, which was, uh, it was bad. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I ripped everything out, every single thing out. It's um, an investment, so, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> but the timing of it was pretty rough considering the games were right around the corner. Sure. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about your experience with the games. Like, I mean, obviously this is the first time it's ever been a remote stage one for the games. I've heard some other athletes talk about it and obviously not the best situation or the most ideal situation considering the amount of time that's required to get to that level. What is, what does last year's games experience mean to you within the context of your career? I would say... It was still an accomplishment, I'll say that, but I was also it was also a letdown at the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you train not just that year, but years to get there, right? And yeah. uh, you want that full experience. It is an experience. As much as like not everyone's gonna be Matt Fraser. Like it's just not sure. it's just not how it works, right? So yeah. making it just making it is very difficult and a great feeling. So it was nice to have my like family and Jim and all the members be there. Yeah. But on a selfish level, it was, uh, it was slightly disappointing, but it is what it is. You had to do what you like. That's all we could get done. Right. So yeah. 
it was still a win. It's still a W in the win co- in the column, but uh, I just it's like it was like left like an empty feeling kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I remember listening to Pat Vellner. You know, after the year that uh, I, th- I believe he placed third, and Ricky Garrard got second. And, you know, they sent him a thing in the mail basically saying, like, hey, congrats, you got second. And he's just like, I don't get that moment back, you know? Like, it's one of those things that you can't backtrack and do it over or anything like that. And it's unfortunate. And look, you know, we're, we're sitting here in a really nice position because there's, you know, there's plenty of people that have fallen on pretty hard times, right? obviously, right now. But it is part of your life. It is part of your experience. And I think it's okay to feel that way. Whether it motivates you or it's, you know, maybe just a chapter in your in your your life story, I think it's a really important thing to acknowledge. Like, yeah, this is not what I wanted. You know, this is not what I trained for. And the sport hurts, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's not the most fun thing in the world. For um, sure. But, I mean, I mean, that's a good example. I mean, like, Velner didn't get that moment back, you know? Like, I mean, I didn't podium, but I did have an event win. And yep. I'm not going to lie. Like, it would have been really cool to have that entire crowd. Granted, like, I already knew before I – my opening weight was already higher than the – second place weight like i had already known yeah where i was gonna be but i would have just like just to do it for the crowd would have been it would have been so much fun just so that like that's what you train for is that like fun moment between you and the crowd and but it's i mean it is it is it's all good you just got to go find your way back (laughs) go do it again what do you find is your relationship with kind of like performance and showmanship i I know you used to play football and that's like that, that's a sport that really lends itself to having a crowd and going out and, you know, everybody's under the lights and there's a lot of energy going on. Do you find that that's something that you thrive off of, you know, especially at in-person competitions versus maybe the virtual stuff? Absolutely. I mean, it's just like there's more pressure for like when you're when there's a bunch of people there. And yeah. my entire life, especially with the football, like the game's on the line. Give me the ball. Like I, I want it. Like I want the pressure. I want that chance. I'm not going to screw up. And if you do, you do like figure it out. You get another chance to do it again later. But when you're in person, I like Norway was the first time I felt in person that I was like, I'm the best here. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Like I didn't know, I didn't know it until like the middle of that weekend. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting for athletes at your, at your level and you know, the games level, I've been trying to find a common thread. Is it the background of this sport or that sport? And eventually, by the way, that'll go away. You know, I was talking to Mark Juan about this, about how in a couple of years, all the athletes will have started when they were five. So they will not have had a previous sport that they played. But I've been trying to find a common thread. And it seems that it's less of what they were doing previously and more of who they are, you know, and, and the type of things that get them motivated. It's one thing to just be like, oh, I want to push myself. I want to get better, this and that versus I want the pressure. I, I, I like suffering because it's how I test myself. And the third one that that's pretty common is I want to win. Meaning like, I want to beat that guy, you know, like I'm not just here to have fun and, oh, this is a great experience. Let's go run the race. It's just like, no, I want to be standing on top of the podium. That's my spot. You know, like, um, do you find that, you know, you, you can relate to that? Absolutely. The one thing in CrossFit though, that's hard is I can't make you do worse if you're competing against me. Right. I mean, I guess you can, you can try and push your pace, but if you're a smart athlete and you're an elite, you're not going to just chase that. Like that's, that's not going to happen. That happens when you're not in an elite level. Right. So the difference is like when I show up, I, I can do my best, but if I know you're fitter than me, you're still fitter than me. So there's a sense of, I want to be the best. I want to be on the podium, but the only way to get there is in training. 
if I'm not training as hard as I can or I know I'm not as fit as I want to be when I get to that competition, I have to be okay with knowing, you know what? There's going to be a mix here. Your best shot is finishing fifth. Yeah. Find a way to finish fifth. Like it sucks, but it's a competition against yourself to get to where you want to be eventually. Each time is your own podium for for that example. But I mean, yeah, I want to be the best. You want to you every single person, you don't get into this not wanting to win. For like, sure. <laughs> even like most of the guys still like they don't want Matt to retire. I know there's a bunch of memes going around, you know, like, oh, everybody's happy. Matt. Nobody's <laughs> happy Matt retired. Like if you don't beat the best, you're not the best. It is like that's just how it is. No, you're a hundred percent right, for sure. And I think that for you know, competitors that truly have that mindset of like, I'm here to test myself. And by the way, I'm only gonna do this one time. I'm only young once. Once the knees go, once the once the back goes or whatever it is, and I have to hang it up, like I don't get to do it, I don't get to try again or you know, compete at this level again. So why would you not want to cement your legacy against the best in the world? I totally understand that, dude. So let's switch gears a little bit. Now that there is this vacancy, what is your mindset going into semifinals? Honestly, is to just get better at what I'm bad at. Yeah. There is still a lot of holes. I, I mean, not to negate the fact that I've fixed a lot of my holes. Yeah. But at the level to be Matt's level, yeah. they are still holes. Right. So honestly, it's just thinking into semifinals is I hate the fact that I still have to go, man, I hope these workouts are the right workouts. Yeah. Um, I want it to be. I don't care what the hell shows up. I'm going to do, I'm going to smash these. That's what I'm trying to fix. And that's what I'm trying to aim for in the semis. I mean, I program for my own self. I don't have a coach. um, And I hammer weaknesses. Like it's my damn job. That's it. Like it it is your damn job, bro. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, like it is all. And I mean, I wish I even had more time like the rest of these guys. Um, to hammer them in so that's the other thing is balance balancing like work life and work life so yeah. I, I have i mean coaching right now i coach anywhere from 30 to 40 hours a week mm-hmm. um and it's not just like hey you show up like you invest your time into people so you're totally. you're putting that effort towards them right yeah so i wish like i had even more time but the time that i do have that's what i'm spending so that's what i'm focusing on is going into the semis going i'm not concerned about this workout i mean my biggest concern is if i see a large overhead volume basically like strict handstand push-ups you want me to do a set of them i'll smash them strong like i'm strong but from football yeah my weakness is overhead endurance so when i see those well hopefully it's all right but um like the quarterfinals had that strict handstand push-up workout yeah you, you know it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, you know so i'm going over your scores from quarterfinals i was like man place really well here 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 and i was like uh what, what was uh kind of the weakest one and it was the first one and i was like you finished that shit under eight minutes dude like that is fast and that was still just like 250th place so mm-hmm. it's really interesting and i you know i'd spoken to some other competitors about this about over time the the games and the competition itself has changed previously it seemed like there was a, a focus on strength you had to be strong there was a focus on gymnastic ability or, you know, like high repetition. How long can you hang on to this, that, or the other? And I feel like this year's speed, especially rep speed, is such a big deal because everybody can do it unbroken. Everybody is fast, mm. but it's just like how like how fast can you go at a dead sprint? Like rather than like 
can you pace this or that? Or like, it's like, there is no pacing anymore. It's just like, how long can you hang on? Because everybody mm-hmm. has to go at a blistering speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you see workouts that are, like, I mean, you would, most people might say like, hey, that's a high skill workout, a straight handstand pushups. It only has 30 of them, right? Right. Other than that, it's not a high skill workout. No. You see body weight, light dumbbells. You're thinking 170 pound dudes are going as hard as they can. You have to sprint. If you break, yep. you're screwed. Yeah. Right? So that is where a lot of these workouts have turned into. That's exactly right. We have moved into this this state where workouts are just sprints. But if you're a bigger guy, you can't sprint those. <laughs> um, so, like, for me, that wasn't – that actually, like, wasn't a full sprint. It was fast. But it was, like, in between my rounds, there's just a small hesitation of transition versus, like, get to the wall as hard as and as fast as you possibly can um but yeah you see a lot more of those and i'm that's that's exactly right that's what i'm trying to wean down to the point where i can stay with them but i gotta keep losing weight so people say all the time uh oh the the sport it favors this body type or that body type or whatever and i feel like everybody manages their own weaknesses a certain way perfect example of that is like i don't even want to call them weaknesses like brent fikowski to where Mm. There's certain workouts that obviously favor shorter athletes. He manages to excel despite that. I found that like a lot, the athletes who go into it, no matter you know whether they have a strength bias or a gymnastic bias or whatever it is, the ones that excel the most just kind of disregard all that other shit, you know, because they're like, mm-hmm. it's all about damage control. Once you get past a scoring system that penalizes you heavily, you know what I'm right. saying? Does right. that make sense? Yeah, that's like, yeah, I mean, exactly right. I just, I think it, there's like a common theme of people being like, man, that workout, that that's for short people. That's for tall people. That's for big people. It's just an excuse. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're not changing the workout. The world is still the same. You've got to figure it out. It's just an excuse. So yeah, like that's exactly right. Like is Fukowski probably going to win a wall ball row workout? Probably. But that doesn't mean like if you're five foot seven, you shouldn't hammer the row to the point you're so good at it you can't stay with him. Exactly. I mean, it is it is what it is, and you're gonna yeah. See it's just like why are you playing the sport if you're if you already expect to lose and you're just gonna throw your hands up in the air and give up? Like, what, what's the mm. point? You know? It's right. like why why would you play basketball if you're just like, well, I don't expect to make any shots? It's just like okay, well then get off the court. You know, like right. That's exactly right. For sure, man. So I, I heard that you have. Uh, a strength and conditioning background uh, in that your, I think it was your dad was a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So that combined with football, did you already go come into the sport with an understanding of, you know, energy systems training, you know, strength protocols, all that stuff? Like, was that something you had kind of been around and experienced for a long time? And then once you got to CrossFit, you're like, okay, I'll just apply what I know here. That's, that's exactly right. Um, so my dad also was a head football coach. So like, I grew up there. My mom was a um, professional ballet dancer and a master's Pilates instructor. So I've literally been around nothing but how to move your body in space and understanding that. Um, So when I came to CrossFit, I had already known how to program pretty well. What I didn't know how to program well was high endurance things. Everything's percentage-based. Everything, I mean, in a linear progression program, everything is percentage-based. So I had to learn. So I'll, I mean, just like anybody that wants to be smart, you want to learn after the best. Yeah. First person I started looking after was Rich Froning. What is he doing? Why is he doing what he's doing? Not just do what he does. Why is he doing certain things? Or like, and then obviously you have Henshaw writing the aerobic capacity stuff. Right. You know, like you want to go find people 
and learn and study why they're doing that. Um, so I already had that background coming in. It was more of, let's just get into it, get kicked in the face, get beat. It's fine. Figure it out. And then, um, I got lucky. I hopped on a team at like after like seven, seven months into CrossFit, (laughs) dude, I started CrossFit and like had no idea what was happening other than I know how to program some stuff for strength, but let's figure out the, like, not just conditioning of sports conditioning, CrossFit conditioning. It's different. And yeah, for sure. Dude, I, I did the open and I was like, I don't know what the hell's happening. And then picked up on a team and I learned from our team who was programming, uh, Corinne Francis, who actually runs the gym that I work at and train out of. Um, and she'd been to the game uh, three times already by that point. Jeez. She was on Terminus and she was on a CrossFit Termin- on Terminus and uh, Bound, CrossFit Bound. Okay. Um, so she had already been a couple times. Um, so I had to learn, you know, like – Team programming. It wasn't individual programming. Right. Um, and then from there, like, again, it was just over the years studying and learning and trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I so, really like that you mentioned the importance of understanding how something works. Uh, I remember when I was young, my dad used to, he was trying to teach me math. I was pretty good at math already, but he was trying to teach me math and we'd be sitting at a table uh, and I'd have all my problems written out and everything like that. And I, I remember getting a problem right and he goes you didn't show your work here and i go mm-hmm. look at look at the answer like is this the right answer and he's like yeah but you don't do you know how you got there and i go it doesn't matter like it's the correct answer and he goes no right. no, no 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 he's like i don't care what the answer says and le- if you don't understand how you got there and so he made right. me sit down do it all again until i understood the process right what do you think is the benefit as an athlete of understanding what leads to success either in energy systems training, competing in the sport, all that stuff. What do you think is the benefit of understanding what's going on metabolically as you're competing? Is there a benefit? Adjustment, learning to adjust. Mm. Like I guess the perfect – like a perfect example would be um, the chaos workout from the games. That is such a good uh, example. <laughs> so like. Good. You, they went out there and had no idea about the reps, didn't know anything about the movements, had literally no idea. They're just like, your judge's gonna t- the judge is going to tell you when to move on. Well, if you don't understand your body, you're screwed. Totally. So, and, and if you break it down into more of that, like, okay, is this a short workout? Or is it a long workout? All right, we're about five minutes in. It's going to probably be at least a medium to long workout. How do I need to pace this? How's my body going to go? Like, if you can pay attention to how you're feeling based on your heart rate. Like if it's you huge. understand that you'll be all right. Yeah. You don't, you're going to crash and burn. And that happens. Um, and that's just like, that's a ba- very basic level of understanding it. Yeah. But then like the other part is like, okay, if you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, you don't have your coach always around. If you have one, do you think you should go hundred percent every day? You should you go hundred percent now. Should you back off? Like yeah. dude, you either run yourself into the ground or you're not training hard enough. Um, so understanding the building blocks of each thing is going to help you understand why workouts Castro even puts out. Like you can already strategize. All right, well, this is what they're looking at. Do I need, how do I need to eat for this workout? How do I need to prepare for this workout? How should I warm up for this workout? There's so many stages to it. So if people don't want to start understanding what doing, what they're doing, why bother? I mean, I have clients and I have uh, remote clients and some people obviously don't care. That's fine. Right, but if you totally. want to get better at what you're doing in the world, yeah, like I want to teach you. I want you to understand, hey, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
you don't have to understand the tiny details of it, but just so you know, like, hey, I can't be there all the time. But if you understand what's going on, you're going to give me what I want to get you better. Right? Yeah. And I've always found that, like, just being generally curious has been a beneficial thing. You Like, if you're doing something, why would you not learn about what you're doing? You know, like planting azaleas or whatever it is like and it's like do I, am i heavily invested in that no but i do want to know what's going on i'm just generally curious and like okay well when i plant this thing what's gonna happen like how do the roots take hold in the ground like how long does that take you know like i and i feel like the the people that generally have that curiosity in life tend to be pretty successful simply because i think it goes hand in hand with kind of having a motor does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of having a motor, you played football, you got into CrossFit, and you coach yourself. Um, I'm assuming there's not a lack of motivation since you're the one pushing yourself. You're the one waking yourself up every single day to do this. What is it that lights the fire in your belly, especially on days when it gets tough? Because some people have some other support system to lean on, whether it's a husband or a coach or this, you know, or I say husband because, you know, I'm right. right. You get, you get the idea, (laughs) but but, but like, yeah, when you're kind of flying solo, it's like, what, what is it that motivates you so much to put yourself through this and to strive for this? It's just, it's just a way of life that some people, there's stages and there's, I think like all athletes go through this. I'm at this point where it's, I, that's what I know and what I want to know. That's, yeah. I guess, the big difference. Like, people just know one thing and maybe not not want to know something else. I want to know this, and I always want to know this. And that's just waking up, do, just, just getting better. Like, at the end of the day, I want to get better in everything I do. And right now, it's CrossFit. Next thing, who knows, right? Yep. I, I just want to be better. So... The motivation... I, I don't wake up and like, let's go, let's go! Like, you know, like... <laughs> I dude, I used to because, uh, like, with the NFL, like trying to play in the NFL, like I I used to wake up to the NFL like theme song every morning as my alarm clock. That's all. Like, dude, that's all I like all I thought about, and I realized at cer- a certain point, like, with that much like high intensity, there will be that much low intensity, and you just like CrossFit, you try to find that steady state, that balance, so, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it just it's got to be nice and smooth right here. And those hard days, dude, it's just like, I mean, who cares? Like, just go in and, and work. You don't have to kill yourself. You can get better by just learning to show up, do the work that you're supposed to do. And I mean, if you're that beat up, man, do some technique work, but get better. Find a way to get better. Yeah, I also find too, like, I think it really helps to just understand what's going on in in your head. Like, for example, like, even in the middle of a workout, you could do this, but like, you're talking about hard days, right? So like, if you recognize that you're having a hard day, how easy is it to flip the switch and just be like, oh, dude, now I'm going to be extra dialed in today because I, my body wants me to kind of like bitch out and we're not going down that road. You know, like once you realize what's happening, then your conscious brain takes over. I think the toughest thing is just recognizing when you're entering that state, whether it's in the middle of a workout in the morning, when you don't want to get out of bed, you know, if you're in a tough relationship, just recognizing like, Oh, this is why people break up, but we're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It it can, it can apply all, all the way across the board. 
all the way across the board for sure. I've been been through all of that, and it's, <laughs> it, it, it's all it, dude. It, it all adds up and builds on each other. You got to find the right environment, the right system for you to function, man. Like for sure, if you don't have a good home environment to your training environment, it literally it takes over. So finding the the environment that will build you successfully whether that's people on your face motivating you encouraging you maybe it's not that many people maybe it's someone that just checks in every once in a while it like i'll say me personally so because a team i'm a team athlete like right. i have been my entire life i've played only team sports this is the first individual thing i've ever done and i wanted to do it because in some sp- specific games i can remember right now off the top of my head I told myself at that moment I needed to do something individually because I was tired of people not giving everything they had every single play. I've been there, man. Um, yeah. And I, I, I am definitely still a team athlete because it gave me a better perspective of how to help those people that aren't giving that 100% every single second. So lead from that leading to what the point of that was that I still want to find an environment. I don't have training partners anymore. All the people that are on my team, one of them ha- is about to have her second kid. Yeah. The other one got a dude got a big time job, and the other one is a, is a nurse. Like she's just, you know, she's they're all super. We're super fit, and one of them, Katie is actually still super fit. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how she does it. But having that training environment of partners, I promise, makes it that much better. As much as you feel like you're an individual, if you yeah. have people around you that are. They can compete against you every day, but if yeah. you know they want to push you to be better just for the sake of seeing you succeed, that's the environment you want. And I'm still working to like build that since it's been me by myself. I saw people support me, but you know, the day in, day out type of stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, before we jump off, I do have one question that I have been asking, you know, CrossFit Games athletes and stuff, and I'm curious to hear what the overlap is. But the question is, if you could change one thing about the sport and it could be anything it could be add or eliminate a movement could be change the season structure could be the way anything literally anything right and the reason why i ask is just because everything's been in flux for like the last four years you know right everything changes all the time and i know that's the nature of the sport but just for you personally what would be the one thing that you would change I've had enough of the thought about this a lot. Um, honestly, the biggest, the biggest thing, and I'm sure there's other athletes that have actually probably said this, is how the sport is run. It's not the workouts. It's not as professional athletes, and I put this in freaking quotation marks because dude, <laughs> I have to have it's another job to fund what I do, and I lose money on it most of the time. Yeah, it should be a sport run let's uh, for instance like the nfl no it doesn't bring as much money in no it's not and it may never do that i don't know it could who knows but professionally run like that and i understand it's a community sport and i that should never change for sure but there is a balance and it is so one side i had i had an idea uh this was like it was in 2019 maybe or no this is right when we jumped into covid so this is last year and covid was jumping off and i was doing a podcast and i was trying to brainstorm how to fix the whole sanctionals mess you know the idea i came up with was something along the lines of like a tiered system like so they had quarterfinals but like let's say that if you place 
X high in the open or whatever comp online com competition they, they give you, you can't mm -hmm. qualify straight through the games. Instead, you get a pro card. Kind of like, you know, bodybuilding or, yep. you know, in the PGA, they have, you know, you're on the tour or something. Like, that would be a way to where athletes who are good enough, they're, they're part of the testing pool. They get some sort of income, like, with every competition. They just have to hit a certain quota of competitions as they go to. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. So, it would, like, professionalize the athlete a little bit more rather than just being like, hey, did you make it past quarterfinals? All right, good luck next year, you know? And it's like, you right. have these people that are really like, you know, promoting the sport. It's their whole life. It's their lifestyle. But if they have a bad, like one bad event, that's it for the whole year. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. So I don't know if this has even come through or around or whatever to you information wise, but there, we had 8 million Zoom calls with, with headquarters and all that stuff last year when we didn't know what the games was going to happen. Oh, wow. Yeah, haven't heard this. <laughs> I mean, dude, ev I mean, every week. And this was when um, all the athletes were, like, starting to say, I'm out. You know, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And there was a time where this was thrown out to have a new CrossFit run as a pro card system like the PGA. Interesting. I mean, it would have been I – I actually got kind of excited because I was like, damn. Like, I won't have to pay to go places – I'll have sponsors because you can get sponsored so much easier. Like it would work so much better. Honestly, I thought that's what it might have morphed to as we were going. And then it just dropped off the face of the earth. I think ideas like that, like in time, we'll see something like that come to fruition. But it's not going to be right now. No, but it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, like. They gave those four choices for the semis, and I, um, not that I wanted to, dude, but I, my <laughs> first choice was to pick online. What, what's the reasoning behind that? How much it costs for me to leave work and oh, train dude. and compete. I get it. And I, every athlete understands. Especially oh, dude, I, I, look, yo, when, when we go over our finances every single year and we're like, what does it cost to, to play the game? You know, like, yeah. you make some of it back and you try through sponsorships to, like, you know, reduce reduce the cost right but i mean it's not a cheap sport <laughs> and it's certainly no. not and yeah. like i mean the fact that you don't even have to necessarily be a like true top 40 games athlete you can be a regional or continental whatever we want to freaking call it at sure this point. sure if you go there you're fit as hell dude like oh I don't, yeah like at some point you should be finding a way that we shouldn't we shouldn't have to be paying all of this money to compete to give you publicity all the time yeah right you know uh, I like, mean, I, it, competitions like dubai i mean it's one of those where they pay you to just show up and it's like that, that was be, awesome that that's would where, be nice you that's know? where i actually met Haley. that was actually uh, and, and like because i went out there by myself and she oh right she, yeah. yeah she was out there and i was like you know she was telling me about you and i was like why didn't he come out here and uh, you had something with work or whatever but i was like yeah Man, at least I'm, I'm not the only person flying halfway around the world trying to chase this down, you know, but... Yeah, kudos to you guys, dude. I mean, for, you know, kind of following your heart. That's one of the reasons why I love Haley, dude. It's it's like, she loves this, and this is what she wants to do. And you know how many people don't know what they love? They don't know what they want to wake up in the morning and do every day. So props to you guys for knowing what that is and, and just going after it, you know? It's pretty cool. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, bro. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you or get in contact with you, where should they go? Uh, they can either go to my Instagram, CrossFit Thor, 
Honestly, that's the best way to do it. Just go there. That's the easiest way. The I'll gram. respond. Yeah. Just slide gram. up into those DMs. For sure. Just slide right up in there. I'll <laughs> respond. Awesome, I'll respond. Bro. Awesome, man. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for joining me, dude. It, it was a pleasure finally meeting you and, and talking to you in person. Or not necessarily in person, but hopefully soon it will be in person and uh, we'll get to hang out and shoot the shit, dude. Dude, absolutely. At some point, we'll end up meeting some at some competition. Obviously, oh, sure. as, as long as Haley doesn't retire ever, then we'll, we'll end up meeting up at some point. Who knows? Uh, I, I've given up trying to predict when that's going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So, for Griffin Raleigh, I'm Josh Mario, reminding you to work hard and treat people well. See you.